0: You're listening to Fair Game with your host,
1: Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Fair Game podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith. Today's guests started out in entertainment with a magic and illusion show and now bring an exciting game show to the fair industry called Wheels of Agriculture. They're here to tell us a little bit about that today and how the pandemic has impacted their business they're joining us today from just outside Chicago, Illinois. Tim and Robin Balster, welcome to the show. How are y'all?
2: We're doing good.
1: Yep. Awesome. Hanging in there. Uh, so yeah, that's it, the best any of us can hope for at this point. Uh, it's been yep. uh it's been a hell of a year.
2: Uh, yes. We're not so pushing hang- up daisies, so we're yes. doing good. <laughs> well,
1: we will we will take the answer hanging in there because I think that's what a lot of us are doing. Listen, you know, I checked out your website. I, you know, I see your magician and, uh, you know, you shoved your wife in a box a time or two, and I'm sure impaled her with swords a time or two, as most magicians are prone to do. But I want to talk for a little bit here about this new show you've got coming out, this Wheels of Agriculture game show. Tell us about it.
2: Well, it's uh, kind of a new direction for us. Uh, As you mentioned, I started in magic and, you know, Robin became a big part of the act when I met her in 1988, we got married in '92. Uh, we were doing the magic in a theme park for many years, and at a certain point, they they wanted to uh, have us do our magic acts on their main stage. We we had a stage that we had built that we were renting to them in a nice shaded tree grove, and we were very happy at that end of the park. And when they said we want to move you to the main stage, we we're like, yeah, we don't want to go there. So I said, keep us here. I've got an idea for another show it's an interactive kids game show and we'll put it we'll put that on the main stage so they, they tried that for one year and that turned into you know many years that was their the kid bucks game show and that kind of got us going down the the road of of game shows and the uh guy that i had running the show for me because i would robin and i would be down at the, the magic end of the park and i'd always hire a cast to do the game show at the other end he always kept coming down and saying, Tim, man, this show is great. We got we to gotta take this show on the road. And I'm like, damn, there's a lot of props to cart around. So I thought, well, we're going to take it on the road. I want to take it somewhere where it can go and be there for like a week. I don't want to trip this stuff in and out of one-nighters. So uh, the fair market seemed appealing to us. And so, you know, back at that time, you would either go in one of two ways. You go in for one day, or if you had your own setup, you go in for the week. So, you know, I opted to get this, build a stage that would open up and, from a trailer into a stage and that was big enough that kid bucks could go on to. And that just really took off. It took off like a freight train. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point, it's actually, you know, in the fair market, it has taken over the magic. The magic has, has sort of taken it backseat, unfortunately. It has, yes, you
1: know, yes. Uh,
2: but, you know, uh, there's so many magicians in the fair market you know anywhere ranging from close-up magicians to stage magicians yep. but an interactive kids game show that got a lot of kids on stage that was really different at the time so yep. you know it actually did well so yeah there's only a few of those
1: but you're right but you're right about the magicians I, I i self-professed got into the fairy industry um back in 2004 doing a magic act and then somewhere around 2011 probably a lot like you guys realize man magicians are a dime a dozen in this industry and it's tough to get any track unless you've got something really unique you know like uh kevin and Kristen with lady houdini they nobody else doing that show Um, yeah but but so many of the rest of us we're just not that creative (laughs) we do shows that look real similar to everybody else's so you know like you that's where conjurer fortune machine came from and that veered me off in a direction where i had something unique so this you did the same thing with your your ag show how is it how is it uh, agricultural are, are there props well, yeah, in the game show that, that, that they're was, doing ag just, stuff or is it, is know, it trivia, it's, really or?
2: A, it's really a whole different direction because Kid Bucks is you know an interactive show it's a hands on show kids are you know running back and forth across stage moving items and things like that building things catching things throwing things the ag show is a, a trivia based show so in this right. case we're getting kids up on stage to be contestants behind the booths where they hit the buttons and that locks out the other players. And there are big tractor wheels, there's two of them. One of them has categories on it and the other has point values. So the kids come up and they spin these wheels and then all the questions are agriculture related, whether it's about crops or animals or farming or you know country music or something like that. So it was kind of a way to Give us more, I'd say, like an agricultural educational edge to what we were doing. Um, You know, it it almost reminds me of doing school shows as a magician, you know, for many, many years. You know, you could get away with just doing a a regular show for fun, you know, but then at a certain point, it it kind of shifted to, well, it needs to have some some curriculum tie in of some sort, you know. God forbid, right? God forbid. So, what was our answer to that?
0: In the magic it was the yeah, we we yeah, we had a show called well, we have a show called The Wizard's Apprentice, which dealt with the importance of reading, and then we also have our uh, season's greeting show, which is our holiday themed show, and that has some character building um plot lines in it,
2: so, yeah. So, um, so that's what we did yeah. there, but now I, I kind of sensed in the fair market, you know, as time went on. That you know, it almost seems like the fair market is getting to a point now where you know, dollars are getting tighter, yeah. And now they're a lot of pairs are looking for something that's not just entertaining but has you know, education to it as well, yeah. And uh, the whole thing just kind of you know, kind of gelled together. We were working with another show that was a, a trivia based show, and uh, you know, frankly, I had always not been crazy about trivia style shows, I just didn't think they. They moved as well and had as much action but then when we we want some work with another show uh, locally here uh i kind of kind of opened our eyes as to you know yeah you know this depending on how the music is played and how it's formatted it, it can move it can be fast and it can be very interactive and frankly mm-hmm. we get more people involved in the wheels of egg show right then we do in kid, in kid bucks yeah
1: cool so. yeah it since seems like from what you're saying it it's a the type of show that actually can get kids and families involved and actually does have some educational elements to it i know for a while um you know my wife's an assistant principal she was in the classroom for over a decade before she went into administration side of things in in elementary education she came out a number of times with me to ife and she would listen to um, presentations because it was back in like you know 14 15 6 12 13, 40 15 through there everything in the fair market they were all talking about oh it this is stem based it's stem based we need stem Uh stem based stem based stem based Uh and sarah goes in and you know being someone who's a professional in that and an expert on that field she goes in and she's seeing these presentations that attractions are selling and she's coming back to me we're driving back from las vegas to albuquerque and she's going they're saying that stem they're just playing with legos There's no, it's free building. There's no STEM. Yes, you can use Legos to teach STEM, but how you use Legos to teach mathematics is, you know, looking at the tops of the Legos when it's a two by four brick and understanding that's an array and learning, using that to learn to multiply. That's STEM. When you're just building a a house, you're just building with Legos. And uh, so we watched for several years and we saw that. Uh, is the more we spoke to fairs about it and Sarah would go and say, hey, you, oh, you know, you had so-and-so or you had this that was supposedly, you know, was STEM-based. How did, what'd you think about it? And what we saw consistently is that a lot of fairs were feeling like maybe they got sold a little bill of goods because they were like, I mean, you, they would say, you know, people had fun at it, but where was the education value to it? There, Where was the, nobody was building anything. There was no technology to it. There was yeah. no science or math. It, they just were building like-
2: He bought the whole-
1: Say that again, you cut out there. Yeah,
2: it's like they bought the whole meal, but they, they got the sizzle, but I didn't get the steak. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And there wasn't no, there was any real value to it. So I, I really, I like where you're doing that. It sounds, it's similar to what we did with Play with Giants. When we brought our giant game exhibit into the market, Um, we brought just plain giant games to start with. And there's several people within the industry that have some sort of a giant game display, you know, giant chess and checkers and things like that. And so we wanted to run that in just to see how it works. Kind of, it sounds like similar to maybe how your Kid Bucks program works. And then we took all those games and went, okay, how do we put agricultural education into all the games? So now they're playing the games and they're getting tastes of agriculture and trivia facts and things like that, um, that as they're playing, they're, they're getting some exposure to these, to these things, which now you've got real education instead of, well, they're just playing games. And it sounds like that's what you guys have done with your wheel of agriculture.
2: Yeah,
1: yes. yeah. So when it, when you call it the wheel, is is like, do the kids come on stage and they're spinning a wheel? Is that like?
2: Yes, yes. So technically it's wheels because- Wheels, um, wheels. wheels, got there's, it. There's a front wheel and a back wheel. The the, the, the logo of the show, uh, the picture of the tractor, the big rear wheel has all these colored spokes on it with the different categories, like, you know, crops, animals- Got it. Farm, things you have in front of the farm. The front wheel of the trailer has point values, so they're actually the kid, a, a child will come up and actually spin two wheels. They spin one first and the other, and then that arrives and say, "Okay, this is going to be a question about animals, and it's going to be worth you know, ten points, ten points, if something like that." You know. Got it.
1: Got it. And these are you. You have different varying levels of difficulty. So, uh, like, if you got yeah. teenagers that come into the show that. You know, you're not just like showing them a picture and they're going, it's a cow, you know, you've got, I'm assuming.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. No, definitely. Because we try to, the way that we structure the show, we try to do three rounds. We'll do like a round of kids that are maybe like from, you know, first grade up to like third or fourth grade. And then like, you know, fourth or fifth grade up into, you know, junior high or high school. And then the last round, depending on what you have in the audience could be an all adult round, or it could be. A mom and sibling you know maybe the younger sibling was you know didn't get to play but they come up with mom and now when they have the chance they hit the button and mom answers the question they can work on it together as a, as a team yeah well oh, that's cool really cool what's yeah. your so um, of,
1: you're just bringing this into the market you said have you had it out in the at any fairs yet
2: yeah no we did a soft rollout with it in 2017 the summer okay. 2017 and that year was more of just like a kind of a pre-show activity because we were just kind of getting our feet wet with it. And then in 19 is when we did the first full stage version of it. And then actually later that summer added a, 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 I wanted to do a a package, strolling component where it's an additional attraction called the trivia tractor which can go out between shows. So it's it's a garden tractor that pulls around a trailer that has the same game show booths on it. So it's essentially a mobile attraction so between shows, we can drive that out to the other end of the fairgrounds, do a quick five-minute show here, drive to a different area of the fair, do another quick five minutes, and it then it you know serves as a move for the big show. Hey, if you like this, come join us at three o'clock. We've got our big show. Um, so that's kind of how the um, that part of the attraction evolved. Did I did I answer the question? I'm, lost yeah, the-
1: no, that's that's excellent. Um, it seems to me um, that you guys have- if, if it's been out in
2: the camera. Oh, right, right. So yeah, so, so 19, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I get sidetracked. So yeah, so we did it uh, in 19 as both uh, the state show and then the strolling attraction. Took whatever, you know, a little bit of footage we could get from those two times, put those in a, uh, in a video format. And then, you know, I spent, you know, from November to December hoping it would sell you know, to January rolled around it. So, like hotcakes, we needed to, you know, change over some of our kid Bucks stages to to do this show on, which meant that I had to make more of the game show booths, add a trailer. So, I bought another used trailer that had a stage attached to it and uh, spent a lot of time and money, you know, getting that prepped. So, that we these things be do become,
1: to- they, they do become time and money sucks developing these attractions. Yes,
2: they do. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: it's so <laughs> yeah so tim um all right, what's what's the role for each of you in the show I, I mean i'm guessing back in the days when it was a magic show i can i i already know what the roles were everybody knows what the roles were because that's just how it works what with the with the game show what's what do each of you do in the show
2: i think that one uh you you start all right now. well you know i i serve as the host and you know I'm kind of the primary coordinator of it i'll 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 grab people out of the audience, you know, get them warmed up before the show starts. I'm the one that primarily reads the questions, but Robin is kind of like the DJ.
0: Right, uh, I'll play uh, a track of music or like, let's say the category is... Um, it might be an animal
1: category. Yeah,
0: um, and, and what animal sound is this? And then I'll push the you button. You hit the
1: sound
2: effects.
0: Yeah, I hit the sound effect and and everything. So, um, and
2: she does a lot of coordinating of the kids you know because i might be up there picking out you know six kids to complain like you 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 you, and the, she's so doing this kind of i have
0: to guide them so okay i, I want you to stay in here got it. i want got you it, got to it. you know okay put one hand next to the buzzer the other hand behind your back and um this is the way it works and just yeah so cool. give
2: them instructions yeah. so
1: when when you guys are out on the road how many fairs do you typically do in a year?
2: We ourselves usually do about twelve, but then we have, as I mentioned, other units that can go out and do anywhere from you know three or four each unit uh, per year. You know, yeah. so that's kind of the. A... Yep, that makes sense. I, uh, I I'd say twenty amongst all all the units between twenty and twenty five is probably a good average. Yeah, because
1: I, I know for us, just just on my own, I run on a on a good year, I'll run fifteen, with most of them being you know ten day fares, mm-hmm. probably you know one hundred and 30 120 150 days you know performing year so it's a rough life isn't it you know having to go out and travel the country and make people laugh for a living i mean it's it's rough it's really rough
0: (laughs) the rough part is when you break down on the way i'm telling you so often so often (laughs) yeah more times than i want to remember
1: <laughs> yeah i you know we we're pretty good with that we, we there have been a couple of tire issues you know and even when we check tires and do all that stuff that we need to do before we leave like nature has a way of being like this screw needs to be right in the middle of i-40 right where you're driving robert <laughs> and then boom yeah. it happens yeah, yeah. you know we all deal with it um so what are, as you kind of transition with this this program in the fare industry, what are some of the challenges you're facing with it?
2: Well, I kind of had to reinvent it as I was building Hi. it because with, with, with COVID, you know, putting a screeching halt to everything, you know, suddenly you realize, okay, I'll, now I had planned on doing it this way, but now I've got to kind of rethink it. How can I make this a little more COVID friendly? So like on the, uh, there's a wagon that, uh, the booths are on. And I made some plexiglass dividers that could live in two different positions so that if I'm going down the midway, you know, I'm not clocking people on the side of the face with a big plexiglass panel. But when I stopped to do the show that I, you know, give them a quarter turn. Now they got good division between the contestants. Yeah. Uh, I added a bunch of, you know, hand sanitizer holders Mm -hmm. and some, uh, we did some some flags to space out spacing on when the kids are in line to go spin the wheel right you know so that give them kind of a guide uh built an extra staircase so that we could facilitate a one-way traffic pattern instead of people going up and down the same one they would go up right. one spin the wheels down the other yeah that makes sense yeah that's
0: one, of, that's one of the things that i said in the springtime i said we've got a we've got a Find a way to convince everybody that this is a safe game show to play you know we, we've got to show everybody that we're taking the precautions because if if we don't it's not gonna be
1: You're it's not, not gonna be joking. a good look and it's, yeah
0: you just you know yeah you have to adjust we have to make sure that people are people trust what yep. what yeah. we're providing yeah. so safely so
1: Yeah, and we've spoken with a lot of acts that are having to make adjustments to to their performance. Magicians are the ones that I'm really kind of heartbroken for because you know a juggler can just be like, well, you know, I usually would juggle with these, you know, if they're a duo, they might finish with you know, a a person standing between them while they're juggling knives or something. Well, just don't bring the person on stage; they can still do a show. But but the magicians, I remember from my days doing magic, breaks my heart because ninety percent of it it requires somebody from the audience to do some demonstration with and then when they can't come on stage depending on the restriction and and maybe there's a way it can be done safely or maybe but if there's not and you know as a performer and you've got to dump that element out of the show that might be six minutes it's not easy Mm -hmm. to just replace six minutes in a show it's Mm -hmm. actually really challenging to do that
0: definitely yeah
1: Yep. so We make our adjustments. Um, Let's talk 2020 for a second. Looking back there at March of 2020, um, you know, by the time this airs, we'll be, we'll be a year into 15 days to flatten the curve. What are you guys thinking as COVID starts making its way on shore and the cancellations start stacking up?
0: Well, we didn't know what to think. It was, I I think in the back of my mind, I thought this is going to be a lot longer than anybody realizes you're Um, one of the
1: only people that thought that then because everybody 100% of the people I've spoken to thought you know June or July it would dissipate and we'd
2: be good
0: no I never thought that I thought this is going to be a long haul and we bet we need to get prepared for it. And um,
2: this, it's just... this only proves that my wife is smarter than I am.
1: <laughs> Maybe she's the one that needs to be climbing into my fortune box. I mean, if she's... <laughs> I'm telling no, you, Conjurer Machine should have seen this coming and he didn't. So uh, we're going to reprogram and we're going to take the... Uh, we're taking Windows out and we're going to put uh, iOS Big Sur in so that Conjurer's program with some better stuff. <laughs> <I'm
2: telling you. laughs> But no, I'm, I tend to be a pretty optimistic person. So I was optimistic that you know, the, it was gonna get under control faster than it did, or well, than it is. Or I just thought, you know, this is gonna be a, okay, it's a panic. We do have efforts to flatten the curve, but by, you know, I, I figured we'd probably lose May and June, which you know, those two months aren't as big for us, you know, really, you know, mid July, you know, through, you know, end of September, October, are our heaviest time so i thought by then we're probably going to start getting back to you know doable you know yep. but the big challenge for me was you know literally the week we went into lockdown i had just taken possession of this trailer you know and i had two additional sets of these game show consoles to build so i had a ton of work ahead of me and i couldn't just not do it I couldn't just say, "Well, these fears aren't going to happen. I'm not going to put the time and money into building this stuff." I had to keep right. moving forward
0: because what if they did? You know, and then you're not prepared,
2: right? You know. Yeah. And it wasn't until you know late June or that I was at a point where, okay, now I don't need to have three units of it going at one time. Now it's just two, and then yeah. finally was get down to one. am like, okay, lit off the pressure cooker. You know. Yep. But
1: gave, you know, gave you a little breathing, so I guess. For yeah, the
2: silver yes. lining, though, was it, it did give me a chance to build this stuff at a much more sane pace than I would normally work work at. You know, it would have been, you know, a lot of 20-hour days to pull this off. It, it just grew faster than I thought it was going to.
0: Right, and that's one of the things I said to Tim. I said, I, if these fairs come through, I don't know that you're going to be ready. I don't i don't you know i, yeah. I was i was always the
1: optimist all. there always the optimist <laughs> well, yeah,
2: i've never missed a I've i know, missed but, a deadline, but, you know
0: but uh you know you end up with walking pneumonia when you work uh you know 20 hour days for you know a few months at a time so yeah, yeah. so it, it takes toll on your health yeah.
2: So yeah it was good it was good for me i could you know if five or six o'clock you know after dinner you know sit down and relax and watch some television with Robin or, you know watch Netflix or whatever just gave me a little bit more of a life
0: yeah it's great for a change (laughs)
1: well let's let's look at that because there really are some for as as awful as this year was and and I think um I think we're going to find out down the road exactly how bad it was for the industry I think that has yet to be decided um when it comes down to are we going to lose fares you know we could lose I don't know 30 percent of our fares if if this thing keeps going long term um, mm-hmm. but there's some silver linings out there. There's some really good things that I think went down in 2020 other than getting to spend more time together. What, what were those things for you?
0: Um, well, I, like, I, like Tim was saying, just less of a hectic pace. I mean, the, the pace was so hectic for so long that I, I thought, I don't know, we're not getting any younger, <laughs> you know, if we don't learn to use our time better. You know, um, or have more of it, yeah, and time right. is a finite resource. You, there's only so much of it. So I, I really enjoyed the chance to exhale for you know for a time.
2: So yeah, mm-hmm. and just to spend you know more. You know, I say spend more time with our family. Our boys are teenagers, so right. It kind of wasn't that much different. They're up in the room. You know, <laughs> it's not like we're down right. by the fireplace, part cheesy. You know, <laughs> right. But you know, talk, and talk about silver linings. You know, I, I I felt a lot of as bad as this year was, I felt a lot of gratitude. I was so grateful that we were right getting by. I was grateful I had the time to build. I was grateful that, you know, right. we, via whether it was a PPP loan or a grant or money we had saved or help from our both of our families, you know, helped us with some financing and things. So, you know, um, just grateful that we weren't standing in a food line somewhere. Right, you know, we had a roof over our heads and stuff to keep us, you know, occupied and busy.
0: Right, and yeah. and one of the things that I think I don't I don't know if this is something that's often overlooked by entertainers, but you know, we set up our business several years ago as an S corp, so we are employees of our business. Mm. So we have been paying, uh, you know, unemployment security out of our own pockets for many many years. Which, you know, what the silver lining was we've been able to collect. So um, I, you know, I, I would recommend that any entertainer, self-employed entertainer, consider doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I, and it's hard. I mean, I know because if you have to pay it out of your own pocket, that's, that's tough, but someday you may need that and, and we needed it. And so, you know, we're, you know, that helped us quite a bit. Yeah. Yep.
1: I would recommend any performer out there that if you're running as a sole proprietor, um, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend that you get with a, a tax professional and talk about in your state, your jurisdiction, how to set yourself up as an actual, uh, as a corporation, whether it is an S corp or uh, an LLC or something, get yourself mm-hmm. not only, that's what we did as, as a multi-member LLC. We set that up primarily so that we would have, I didn't understand, you know, because I starting as a magician, it was just me. My wife's, you know, was a school teacher at the time. I just always filed as a sole proprietor and put my social security number on the tax forms. And that was that. And then I got with a, a tax pro at one point when we were getting the taxes filed and they said, how come you're not an LLC? Why, why, why would I do that? I don't have employees. And he looks at me and he goes, you don't need employees to be an LLC and you really need to think about it. And, and one of the reasons why was, you know, let's just say something happens in a show and in my, I had a little street magic show, nothing was going to happen, but you never know who tries to, Mm -hmm. you know, we're too happy in this country. And he he basically explained that for the most part, although there are some ways around it, um, if there's something that happens in the course of your business and someone files a lawsuit, if you're a multi-member LLC, then your, your personal assets, your home, your vehicles, things like that are protected and they can only go after the business. And I'm like, oh, well, we need to, talk about that. And so we set yeah. that up as an LLC and um, it's been very beneficial, you know, to actually have a, have a business and have, and have that structure.
2: That was one of the reasons I think we incorporated was just to limit our liability, especially yep. with kid bucks, because you get, you know, nine kids running back across a stage. You All it know, takes and is and one of them being
1: down. a kid, being a nine-year-old kid and tripping.
2: Yeah. You know, so that was the brain reason. But then one of the benefits that I discovered soon was it took a lot of the stress off those really estimated payments that i used to make as a sole proprietorship Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know if you're not diligent about setting that money aside all of a sudden four times a year you're going oh man i gotta come up with this much money you know yeah but now that we're an s corp every time we pay ourselves we're withholding tax Mm -hmm. and as a result we end up over withholding so we typically always would get a a refund yeah and actually that was one of the things that helped us out this year we yeah definitely we had a pretty big refund and it's funny i it was the earliest I think we've ever filed. I think we filed like something like March 6th or so. It was before the before right. the lockdown. Right. We filed our personal taxes. Yeah. And we did not get our refund until late September. I mean, usually we can count on that 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 refund for you know property taxes. And we're in Illinois, so property taxes are crazy. You know, so you know, it's like the first one, okay. Well no refund yet all right well we'll use some money from the ppp one to pay that okay then yeah surely by september when the second payment of the property taxes actually do, still wasn't there okay now we're going into the money market yeah. account it's like you know, yep. it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thank god we had the resources
0: right? yeah but and that's just it you, but, you have but, to set that aside yeah.
2: but then you know the end of september and bam now we had a nice chunk of you know yeah. to work with to get us through for a while so. Yep,
1: yep, working with a tax professional is definitely beneficial, in making sure your business is set up the right way for what, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Illinois, you guys got some, uh, you got some high property taxes up there, do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, are you, you're not in Chicago proper, so you're not in Cook no. County, you're?
0: No, we're in uh, DuPage County, which is. DuPage,
1: but let's be honest, Chicago. Every everybody and in. we're
2: conveniently located, Nick,
1: I think you guys are breaking up there oh now i got you back where are you conveniently located okay okay can you hear me now yeah i can hear you
2: uh halfway between midway and o'hare airport
1: okay
2: yeah halfway between midway and o'hare airport is where we're located and of course we drive everywhere because we've got so much stuff to carry around
1: (laughs) sure well i mean everybody in in illinois is subject to cook county it's just kind of how the I guess the, the politics of it go, you know, I did the Illinois state fair several years ago and anybody down in mid and, and Southern Illinois, they're always, um, they, you know, they've always got their opinions on what's going on with the politics in Illinois and whatnot. And it gets a little uh, low little crazy, I guess there sometimes, but you guys find your way through it. You're obviously, you guys seem pretty happy. You seem to be uh, enjoying where you're at. I made it, um, when I was out at the Illinois state fair, you know, my dad went to college in Illinois. He's from New Jersey, but he went to school out in Jacksonville at, at McMurray college. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. It's a little small Catholic school. Yeah, that
0: We're familiar with Jacksonville. We've done yeah. shows there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So McMurray, I think they had like 300 students. They, they unfortunately recently, I guess last year, um, they were forced to close and, and and hang it up and finally close the institution but it was really cool to be able to go visit illinois and and see where my dad went to school and of course there in springfield all the stuff with the lincoln museum and the the lincoln's house and that's have you guys ever gotten down to go see all that stuff
0: no (laughs) no there are basically no pleasure trips in this house. <laughs> there's only business we have,
2: trips. We have working <laughs> vacations. We've seen the Smithsonian. We've seen DC. And when we're working, only on if there's a paycheck right attached to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. <laughs> so
0: although we do um, every year at two week Christmas break, we go to where we go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where I'm from and okay. my mother still lives there and you know and uh, we we spent two weeks over the christmas and new year's holidays and with the kids and my mom and, and my
2: folks ever. Re- they, they were snowbirds for many years but now they've been living in venice on the other coast of florida permanently mm-hmm. for I don't know, five or six years now so i get to go over and see them as well so so yeah. that
0: is the only pleasure trip
1: Well, I would I would implore you all to take a pleasure trip down to Springfield and go see all the the stuff around President Lincoln because the museum is I don't know if you guys do museums, but it's one of the most fabulously done museums that I have ever, ever been to in my life. It's really cool. You walk in this this giant room you walk into and to the left, it's the log cabin. And you walk in through there. And as you go through the museum, you go through all of Lincoln's younger days. And then as you walk out of that side, you come out and you're standing uh, basically on like the East lawn of the White House. And you're looking in like at the Oval Office. And there's all these um, statues of people, uh, like wax statues of, of influence, like Frederick Douglass is there and John Wilkes Booth and all, you know, married to Ta- all of them are all there, all these people that were influential in the president's life. It's just fabulously done i can't well, i can't yeah, believe y'all are that cl- y'all are that close to it and you haven't been are yes, yeah, we're, laughing, we're
2: laughing because museums put me to sleep <laughs> but i love them she thrives on it well
1: i tell you what next time i'm in illinois i'll take her i'll go show her the museum i love doing history stuff and you can just I go you you can climb in the yeah. box and stick a sword inside the box yourself <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> but i think part of the reason too that we've never done that is because you know we are busiest in the summertime yeah. okay I get we're that. we're pretty much not going to go down to springfield in the winter time to to, to yeah. do that but it is indoors so i guess it's really no excuse yeah but you so. still got
1: to deal with with winter weather and snow and up in the north right. there no no thanks i you yeah. know yeah. it gets I, I get to the point every year where um as we get into october november i'm like man i hope we get a lot of snow this year we got a big snowstorm the end of october a couple little ones in december a couple little ones in january and then like two weeks 10 days ago we had this little dusting about an inch and a half each day and never accumulated you never accumulated more than two inches and then i'm like i really want usually by mid-february i want one last big snowstorm and after that little like one inch thing i'm off. I'm done. Can we get to seventy five in springtime, please? Let me plant my flowers. Let me turn my fountain on in the backyard again. Let me sit out in the sun. I'm 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 done with the cold. I don't know how you guys I don't know how you guys deal with it up north.
0: Oh, it's uh, the last three, four weeks have been terrible. But up until that point it wasn't that bad. Okay. But then once once that groundhog saw a shadow, (laughs) it went downhill.
1: I'm telling you.
2: As a magician, my best trick was convincing a girl from Florida to move to Chicago, you know?
1: <laughs> That's pretty darn impressive there. Uh, I was going to ask, did you yeah. lose a bet? Like, how did that happen? You had Fort Lauderdale and now you're in Chicago. Right?
0: Yes, I know. Well, the thing is, his business was established here. So it was pretty much a no brainer. Okay, your business is established in suburban Chicago. I I've got to move to Chicago. Now, yeah. it would have been a different story. If we were, at the time, big in the cruise ship market type of thing, which I would have said, okay, no, that's it. We're living in Fort Lauderdale because, yeah, I mean, sure. I grew up like w- around the corner from Port Everglades in Fort yeah. Lauderdale where all the cruise ships come in and out. And so if we had been working more in that market, I would have said, no, definitely, we're going to live in Florida. You know, we only did a yeah. short time on the cruise ship.
1: So um, when you guys yeah, like, do, when you guys do travel and you're doing fairs, are you mainly staying in the upper Midwest or are you getting out and going across the country?
2: No, we're all over the place, you know, okay. in, you know, uh, we don't go much West of the Rockies. We're, we're primarily mid, you know, Mississippi river and on east all the way in it. You know, I've heard from New York up down to Florida, you know, Texas to, the, to Minnesota and, mm-hmm.
1: you know, Got it. So you do have a pretty good, uh, pretty wide route that you I'm guys around run. Around. What's your 2021 look like? Um, are you, are you getting fairs? Are they rebooking from last year? How's that going?
2: Yeah. Most of them rolled forward uh, that were scheduled. And uh, most of the contracts are now actually, actually signed, you know, I've still got a few that are hanging on that, you know, they just don't know for sure, uh, you know, whether they can successfully sign it and pull it off, you know, but yep. most of it rolled forward.
0: We did lose one though. Yeah. Yeah. The one on Long Island. Yeah. We yeah, lost
2: one on yeah. yeah. So. Um. And then there was one that was, uh, they couldn't just roll to 21 because they'd already booked their, their 21 entertainment by then. Yep. We've heard a couple of folks so, that we
1: just got off it, with Jamie Martinez from.
2: Push to, to 22.
1: Yeah, we just got off with the recording with Jamie Martinez from the Three Ring Super Circus, and that was one of their situations where the fair wanted to bring them back, but they'd already booked, you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and so I don't know, somewhere down the line, maybe they roll them into twenty two or twenty three. Um, uh, we'll be good to go there. Oh, I got Bandoloni popping in. He's my two o'clock. He's coming in early. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can if i can make him oh, we got uh, i'm gonna put him in the waiting room there you go um yeah we got zoom bombed I, I guess i need to do a, a separate password for every one of these <laughs> 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 so well good i'm glad that that your are um, this- th- things are looking good for your your 2021 and and you know everything's going well um it just, man, what a year! Can you do? You even remember like the last time you we were out performing? Do you remember what it was like? <laughs>
0: That's so fun.
1: Now um, we're getting phone yeah. bo- phone
2: bombed.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, Tim, Tim had a show uh, last had, night.
2: Yeah, I had a last minute. Yeah, I the last show I did prior to last night. I was for Pur- a perm. Was a it was a perm show. They called yeah. me on Tuesday and said, "I know this is last minute, but you know, can you by any chance come do a you know?" I'm like, yeah, I can do that, you know, but prior to that, it was a uh, greater Gulf state fair. I worked at November in November. That was the last, okay. uh, last time I was in front of an audience. Line, yeah.
0: So. I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to know what to do once we have a show.
2: Yeah. I worked
1: in September and, um, at, at a show in Abilene and that was the last time I've been out. So it, it, by the time I can tell you this, I don't know when my first run with Conjure machine will be this year. Hopefully it'll be the OC fair. Um, but if it's not OC, man, I don't, I don't know. When I finally get back in that thing, I'm going to be like, wait, how do I do this again? What buttons do I push? What, how do I turn the lights on? <laughs> you know. Is, is that the
0: orange County Fair?
1: Yeah, out in Costa OC- Mesa. Oh, in, in
0: California?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They run uh, mid July to mid August. They're five weeks, oh, and um, well, yeah, that's it's, nice. it's a, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantastic really nice. it's a fantastic show. Um, you know, working especially with with RCS as the ride operator, it's it. I always say it's more like working a theme park than it is a county fair. But we still don't have a decision on them. You know, from I interviewed Michelle Richards on the show back in December, and she was. Um, she was hopeful they w- they needed to have their decision by somewhere around mid-April, and we're just going to cross our fingers that it's a it's a yes because I really <laughs> it's a, I'd love to get back out to that fair and, and yeah. work again. It's um, and that's a,
2: gigs like that whether, whether that long that's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, it's great when everything's going perfect and you've got you know five weeks booked, but when a pandemic happens and with one fell swoop, it's gone. Yep. Oof, that's a big chunk to lose in yep. one call. You
1: know? Yep. And it also is there's also the challenge with that fair in that um it the third weekend in August, I don't typically work um the week after them. I the last couple of years I've been able to there's a fair here in New Mexico that's close enough that I can make that jump. But I can tell you that my first year out at OC fair, I made the jump from Costa Mesa to Springfield in two and a half days. I was twenty eight hours driving in two and a half days you got Carolina, it missouri. no oh, illinois man. i stopped in springfield yeah. missouri and, and went and, and visited with steve siebert at feel on that trip but yes that was a drive i i literally i finished that after that sunday afternoon and i drove to um i think i made it to kingman because i wanted to get across the mojave desert and then i drove from kingman to abilene or kingman to amarillo And then from Amarillo, I stopped in Springfield, Missouri, visited with Steve Seaver, and then drove up just a little north of St. Louis, like, I don't know, 20 minutes or so north of St. Louis. So I cleared the city. And then I still had that Wednesday morning. I still had like two hours into Springfield. I had to load in and do four shows that day. So Uh yeah, nah, not ever, ever Uh doing that again that it is just because they're <laughs> oh Fair being all the way out in southern california you be, you're kind of geographically isolated if you to get back into the middle of the country in any any amount yes. of time that makes so. sense yeah yeah definitely yeah i don't like big long jumps like that you guys try to route pretty well i'm guessing
2: we we try tried. but you know you got to take the work when you can get it i think you know some of the toughest jumps i've had in recent years i was uh, north american midway entertainment uh, for about four years, brought me into their midway on the grounds of this, the Kentucky State Fair. Triangle books all the entertainment there, but I'm on this little island because I'm contained with within the fair. They 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 brought the rather the, uh, the carnival. They brought me there, so I would do a package there where I would do kid bucks three shows a day. Plus, I was doing some still walking for them, so I would do three shows, five still walking sets, and then on closing night. You know, after mm-hmm. having done all those shows, have to break down the stage, jump overnight. I mean, we'd be pulling off the lot at like midnight and then have to open the next day in um, Caldwell, Ohio, which is about 300 miles away. So, you know, it's, you know, you're stopping for Waffle House halfway through the jump and you're, as you're pulling onto the lot, the sun's coming up. And of course, that was always kids day and they wanted an extra show that day. So, right. you know, to get, you know, two, three hours of sleep and then get everything set up and done. Woo! I, I I don't miss that.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, it's been really nice getting to visit with you and getting to know you a little bit. And uh, we're, we're coming up to being just about out of time here. Uh, before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you guys six questions. You give me your best answer for each. And both of you may answer individually. You ready?
2: <laughs> okay. the Ladies
1: first. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Question, question one: Corn dogs or turkey legs? Turkey legs. Corn dogs. Corn dogs for sure. Uh, next question: If money was no issue, what's the first place you travel when the pandemic ends?
0: The Keys. The Florida Keys.
1: Oh yes. I need. Where's that, Tim?
2: My answer is anywhere she would like to go. <laughs>
1: yes. I'm all about the Florida Keys. My wife and I have not been scuba diving in like five years. Uh, I definitely, I need to go jump in the water down there in, uh, in Key Largo again, in Tavernier and go out on, in John Penningham. yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, and, and then Napa Valley.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, I got a, I got a out here. You know, we were talking about how we don't get to take vacations. This was the first year we actually had planned a vacation. We are going out to Napa Valley, going to take the wine train and do the, and then, <laughs> And COVID it's was like, COVID and that said, got pulled on it. So <laughs> I COVID tried to said, make progress.
1: COVID said, forget your wine train, not this year, yep. buddy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Next next okay. question, Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither.
2: <laughs> Star Wars for
1: me. <laughs> That'll work. We'll take it. Favorite okay, movie? OK, OK,
0: I'll go to Star Wars then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Hugo?
0: OK or, or, or the, the great
2: i love the greatest showman
1: oh fantastic show yep mm-hmm.
2: and for me the shawshank redemption
1: oh yes get busy living or get busy dying amen that's a fantastic amen. movie uh favorite comfort food
0: oh um cheese
2: <laughs> okay
1: anything with cheese
2: <laughs> my new favorite comfort food is dot's pretzels this okay. is incredible pretzel out of North or South Dakota. North, North Dakota, North Dakota, and I, I kept seeing them in the grocery store, and they looked interesting. One day, I bought a bag, and now I'm like in a twelve-step program to get off of eating them.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I'm all about the mac and cheese. Like if it's a good yeah. mac and cheese, I can eat gallons of that stuff. Uh, last question: What's the most recent book you've read?
2: The newspaper. Fair. <laughs> And for myself, it was uh, Garrison Keillor autobiography. This I think it's called This Minnesota Life.
1: Well, he was funny. He was a good dude. He really was epic performance. Still is. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's uh, just you know. I remember growing up when we would travel with my parents. My mom had a cassette tape with Garrison Keillor stuff on it, and she would listen. She would listen to it in the in the RV, like if we had the, the, uh, the cassette player, if I remember a cassette player in there and she would listen to it, she just did, She adored him. She adored Garrison Keillor. It's
2: fabulous.
0: Yeah. So let's think I, reason,
2: it, go yeah. ahead. No, I would just say to some he's an acquired taste, but growing up in the Midwest, yes. a lot of that. And I'm Lutheran. My father was a Lutheran minister. So yeah, you know, I I'm right up there with a lot of that humor. You know, yeah. So.
1: yeah, for sure. If folks want to get, reach out and get in touch with you, how can they do that?
2: It's confusing. (laughs) Best way is by email, tim at bolstermagic.com. And uh, we've got three different websites. We've got the wheels of agriculture show.com. Show Show or game show? Ah, It's so new, I don't remember. But I'll I'll send you a link to it. I think it's wheels of agriculture.com, kidbucksgameshow.com, and then bolstermagic.com.
1: Boy, there's just no limit to what you guys are doing. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you both being on the show today. Um, Thank you for having us. I'm glad you could be here. I wish you well in 2021. Thanks thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: Same to you. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.